0: Sometimes the fun begins when the paved road ends. Chevy Silverado 2500 HD is made to work hard and play hard on the road or off. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for details and experience life in HD. Senator Dick Durbin held a, a press conference this morning alongside Dr. Janice Jackson, the CEO of Chicago Public Schools. They talked about stimulus money, the opening of schools, Coronavirus Child Care Act, and more. He also met with Mayor Lightfoot about the federal government sending agents to Chicago to help with the violence. A lot going on in Chicago, and the senator joins us now. Senator, sincerely appreciate your time.
1: Thanks, Pete. Good to be with you.
0: Before we get into um, all the nitty-gritty stuff, I wanted to talk to you about Congressman John Lewis, who recently passed away. You and my cousin Ray, I know you were very good friends with Congressman Lewis. You went on a trip with the congressman where you had some alone time. I'd love for you to share that story again.
1: Well, this faith and politics pilgrimage, uh, your cousin Ray LaHood had a lot to do with it. It was bipartisan from the start. And I participated one year when we went down to Alabama and John Lewis was our guide. Uh, We went to Birmingham to see the the church where those poor little girls were bombed and killed. Uh, We went to see Rosa Parks uh, Memorial uh, to her courage. And and then the last stop was to be the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma. But it was going to be at noon or, or a little after on Sunday, and I had to get back to Illinois. So I went to John and said, John, I'm sorry I can't be there. This is the one highlight I've been looking for. I'll do it the next time. He said, no, 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 you've got to do it this time. We'll get up extra early. I'll make a special trip. Just you and me, we'll go over there. And we did. We left at 6, 630 in the morning. We drove over to Selma, Alabama. And he, hey, we walked on that bridge. It was misty outside in the early morning hours. No one was around. And John said, there's a spot. That's the spot where I went down when they hit me in the head. And I didn't realize how serious it was at the time. I was unconscious. He almost died. He had a skull fracture, and He survived. And to be there with him and have him tell me that story was a special moment in my life, not just my political life. John Lewis was a true American hero. Uh, He showed courage at a moment in his life when most people would have said, no, not me, somebody else. John stepped up over and over and over again. Last time uh, I had him in Illinois was in the last election cycle. He came in for a candidate. I called him. He said, of course, I'll be there. And he was down in Decatur, Illinois uh, for that kind of gathering, just that kind of portion.
0: I love that. I love that he went to Decatur. Nobody goes to Decatur.
1: <laughs> well, I go to Decatur,
0: goes
1: to Decatur. I go to Decatur uh, on my way to Peoria, sure. <laughs> but, uh, well, many, many people, uh, you know, would have come up with an excuse. Uh, it's out of the way and it's not a major airport and this and that and the other thing. John didn't. He just knew he was going to do it, and he
0: did. That's awesome. We need to see more of that. All right, let's talk about the items at hand. Stimulus money. Are we going to see more stimulus money for people? They are hurting right now.
1: Yes. uh, People need help. The unemployment benefits end at the July 31st of this month. Uh, So there's certainly a good reason to do it. Uh, And when it comes to politics, as one old fellow who used to advise me said, for every political decision, there's a good reason and a real reason. So what's the real reason, Pete? The real reason is that there are people worried about the polls. The president, some members of his party, take a look at the polls and they're not happy with them. And the notion of cutting off unemployment benefits to 20 million Americans, I mean, that is certainly not a good intro to I need your vote on November 3rd. So the president has said, I want to sign personal checks. I've said, be my guest if you want to sign those checks be my guess uh and unemployment benefits need to be extended so i think in the next two weeks you'll feel a sense of bipartisan sense of urgency to get this done
0: well senator critics are saying where does that money come from because we keep borrowing and borrowing and borrowing it's got to stop at some point
1: make no mistake that money is going to be added directly to the deficit and debt of the united states the problem we face is very real doing nothing is worse to see this economy spin out of control, I can tell you the deficit today would even be worse. and would be cutting off basic health uh, safety net programs for many Americans who have nowhere else to turn. We've got to get through this. We've got to come out of it uh, strong and put as many people back to work as we can. Uh, the debt and deficit depends on a, a growing America, a growing economy. And this is an important step.
0: President Trump said if schools don't reopen,
1: he would hold back funding. Can he really do this? No. It, it, what's even worse is that he suggests that. I mean, this is a decision that needs to be made on a local basis. This is where parents and kids and teachers and administrators sit down in a room and ask the hard questions. It's absolutely essential and important. Get our kids back to school. I feel it even as a grandfather. But I want to tell you something else. It's even more important these kids be safe and the teachers be safe. Let's do it the right way. And each school district has to make the decision. Some school districts, rural areas, low rates of infection, easier to make the decision. In the areas of cities where we have higher infections and death rates, we've just got to be more careful.
0: I have a 14, or I have a 15-year-old who's going to be a sophomore this year, and uh, it seems like everyone in the city is going to the hybrid. They're doing two days at school, two days at home.
1: Well, it's good, but I can just tell you, uh, I've watched as my kids try to teach their kids at home over the Internet. It's so hard. Mixed results. Uh, And I will tell you that the feelings we have for teachers have grown because we understand it's a tough job. And particularly over the internet, you know, it's tough to keep the kids concentrating. It's tough for the parents to concentrate. Oh my God! They've got other things on their mind too. So you know, if if this is what we need just to get get through this mess, let's do what we need to do safely. But in the in the long run, maybe this is obvious. We need to test these kids when they get back and figure out where they stand. Many of them have lost education that they put together over the last few months and years. Uh, some of them will need remedial courses. I mean. Let's be honest about it. This is taking its toll on the education of our children.
0: Right. I agree 100 percent. And we all want the same thing at the end. We're talking with Senator Dick Durbin. You talked about the Coronavirus Child Care Act this morning. Can you expand on that and what it is?
1: Well, we have a $175 billion proposal. And the idea is to really focus not just on getting the schools prepared to accept the students, but the points that I just made, help for these students, remedial assistance, Making sure as well that we have the kind of training courses that we need at these schools uh, to to help uh, come up with the healthcare workers. I mean, contact tracers as well as those in the healthcare industry. You know, the idea behind it is to take a a, a kind of a big look at education, where we stand. Uh, a friend of mine said, "You know, this uh, this basic uh, challenge that we have with this pandemic." It isn't going to break us, but it's going to teach us where our system is broken. And in some areas, education is one of them. We can do better as a nation, and we should. I think this would be a good step forward.
0: You also met uh, with the mayor, Senator, about the federal agents coming to Chicago. What's your stand on that? Because we need help in this city. I live in the city, and I talk to people that live in the city. There's too much violence. We need help, but I don't know how to get there.
1: Well, the gun violence and deaths are absolutely unacceptable, period. And they've gotten much worse. And I've tried to figure uh, what's going on. I asked the mayor. The mayor said part of the problem is that the COVID-19 pandemic has closed down a lot of the social agencies and support services for a lot of families. Uh, many of them are in a desperate situation. The kids are not in school. The kids are not being watched, as they should be. Uh, and the net result of it is more violence in the streets. How do we deal with it? Well, I joined Senator Duckworth, my colleague, and wrote a letter to the president uh, two years ago. And we said, this is what we need. You keep talking about Chicago. This is what we need. Uh, we need more community policing. We need more uh, job training. We need more efforts in the neighborhoods uh, mm-hmm. to build strength in the families. Uh, we've not heard back from it. But we, knew what, we know what happened in Portland, Oregon, uh, not at the invitation of the mayor or governor, The president decided to send in federal law enforcement from a variety of different agencies. Uh, They were there nominally to protect federal buildings. The reality was that they turned out to be working in law enforcement in the neighborhoods surrounding the buildings and beyond, way beyond, their legal mandate. So I'm concerned about it. So is the mayor, governor. We contacted the White House, told them as much. They assured us that was not going to be the case. Whatever they sent in would be in cooperation with local law enforcement. All those are good things, and maybe they mean that what we're going to have is, in fact, additive and positive and helping us
0: deal with this. Boy, you know, it's Friday. It's the calm before the storm. We know it's going to be another violent summer weekend. It's just week after week. I feel like on Monday, people just tune it out. So many shots, so many murdered. They're so used Pete, to me, it.
1: Pete, let me tell you something. I, and I talked to some people in the White House about this. They said, what the hell is going on in Chicago? I said, first, the city is awash in guns. A wash in yeah. guns. You talk to these young people and they say, need a gun? Give me 15 bucks in 15 minutes. I'll get you a handgun. You tell me what you're looking for. And you think to yourself, why? I mean, that's the kind of thing. They talked about baseball trading cards when I was a kid. Now these kids are dealing with lethal weapons. And right. what do they do? They go into these scenes where people are gathered in crowds, and they spray the crowd with bullets, just like they saw in the video games. There is no more rhyme or reason or direction, even if they were trying to take out an enemy. They're just shooting in this wanton way, willful way, and killing innocent people right and left. It is horrible. You ask yourself, how do you reach a point at the age of 14, 15, or 16 where that is acceptable conduct? What is it that has happened to you in your life that builds into you the belief that that is acceptable in any way, shape, or form. That's a deeper question. We can get into it sometime. Right. But it reflects on the fact that many of these kids have either been victims of violent trauma mm-hmm. or they have witnessed things that you and I would never forget if they came to us at such an early age.
0: It all goes back to community programs and family, and we've talked about this year after year, sensible gun laws and things like that. Um, I know we're pressed for time. We've got news coming up. Uh, real quick, Christopher Columbus statues came down in Chicago overnight. What
1: are your feelings on that? I'm opposed to violence. And vandalism, that is not part of our constitutional right to assemble, to speak, uh, to petition the government. Unacceptable. Violence and vandalism, never acceptable, number one. Uh, Number two is, we need to take a close look at some of these statues. I mean, many of us ignored them for the longest time. Now that we've looked around, even in the Capitol building, we say, why in the heck would that guy have a statue? You know, he happened to be part of the Confederate Army that tried to overthrow the United States of America. You know, that to me is unacceptable. And it's going to be an interesting history lesson. The lesson we're learning now is the lesson of Christopher Columbus, parts of which I'd never heard before.
0: Right, a Wait lot of
1: you us. Read the, when you read the lesson of Andrew Jackson and his treatment of Native Americans, it was not an acceptable thing in the history of this country. Now what do we do in response? Well, we educate ourselves, number one. We don't sign up for violence, number two. And number three, we make sure that the people who are being honored truly represent our values.
0: I agree. Uh, Dr. Fauci threw out the first pitch last night. What what did you think of that? I think he's a great doctor and a terrible pitcher. (laughs) Have you ever thrown out the first pitch at a game? No,
1: but I've talked to people who have, and it's the scariest thing that any politician could face. George W. Bush, a good guy uh, as as a human being, told me the most nervous moment in his life was when he was wearing this bulletproof vest, standing on the mound after nine eleven. I remember out the first pitch at the Yankees game. Yep, he said I practiced and practiced and practiced, and when I went up there, I was, my knees were shaking. And I can imagine the pressure that's on with <laughs> Doctor Fauci didn't get too close to the strike zone. (laughs)
0: Oh, it's a little bit outside. Senator, thank you for taking the time. I know it's opening day today. You're very excited about baseball like all of us. You bet I am. Uh, Go
1: Cubs, go Sox. I love
0: it. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Senator. See you. Bye-bye. All right. News is next.